All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the One Before I Die podcast, episode 156, coming at you. Been off grid here for the past couple of weeks. <laughs> As uh, you know, so first and foremost, I'd like to apologize for the lack of episodes the past couple of weeks, but. If I'm being honest, you know, Ethan should be the one apologizing here. I mean, this kid's been gallivanting around the, around the country. Um, but I mean, whatever, you know, it is what it is. Got married, honeymoon. So, I mean, before we get into it, Ethan, I'm glad to have you back here. I haven't talked to you in a while. So I uh, hope you're doing well. Hope you enjoyed your, enjoyed your time off. Um, how you doing? I was doing great until which I feel like was the worst weekend in Buffalo sports history in a while. But it was a nice honeymoon. Great honeymoon. Great wedding. Had a blast. Got some sun. A lot of pina coladas going. And then I come back and it's like the sky is falling. So we got to. I don't know if this is on me. I don't know what happened here, but we got to write the ship fast. And I don't know how we're going to do that, but we got to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it might be on you and you just kind of lost focus here for the past couple of weeks. But um the last thing I'll say on it is that you can't ever give me grief again for like missing one Sabres game. Um, <laughs> Cause I mean, if you go back maybe to our last episode that we recorded was like three years ago, Ethan said, you know, I, I, I couldn't make, I couldn't watch the second Sabres game of the season. Cause I was golfing, trying to enjoy the last bits of fall here. And he, he got really in my grill and, and you know, like, what are you doing? You know, it's the second game of the season, but um you know, he's out there in, in St. Lucia missing pretty much every Buffalo sporting event over the past couple of weeks. So don't want to hear it ever again. You know, I, I acknowledge that you were having a good time and, and I'm the bigger man. I can do that. I understand, but we'll move past that. And we're back here for another episode back recording again here. Um, and it feels good, but as Ethan alluded to, it doesn't feel good was this past weekend in Buffalo sports, more specifically the bills game, um, obviously a tough L to the jets. Um, so we'll be talking about that. Um, probably won't talk about the Packers game, you know, the week prior, cause that's, you know, obviously old news at this point, but we'll talk about the bills, the, you know, bills v, v jets, um, you know, the team moving forward here. And then, you know, I guess, you know, more on bills topic as, as we, um, missed the past couple of weeks, the, the nine, Heinz trade went down trade deadline passed, So that, you know, that obviously is into the fold here. Um, I feel like there's something else maybe I wanted to touch on with bills, but I, I feel like that's the, the kind of the main, the main things here. Obviously we'll just touch on everything that's been going on with the team. Um, and then the Sabres, obviously they, I mean, they're in full swing at this point, obviously got off to a hot start. Uh, the breaks kind of came on a little bit here towards the past couple of games, but we'll talk about the Sabres and kind of everything going down with them as well. Um, but I think we'll start with the bills as we always do. Um, we'll start with this jets game. And, uh, I think it's a, I think it's honestly a great, uh, you know, as we do our, our bills recaps, we like to do our segment short-term long-term. I think it's a great week to do short-term long-term. I think this segment really hits home after this week's game. So we'll start it right there and, and I'll start it off for us. Um, and, and just to paint the picture here, obviously bills lose 20 to 17 in New Jersey. Um, bills moved to Owen two in the AFC East, which is just insane. Obviously still at the top of the AFC conference standing still, but Owen to the division is a tough, tough start to it. Uh, and they take the L in New Jersey, but for my short ter term here, and this honestly does kind of relate back. I know I said, we're not going to talk about the Packers game specifically, but for my short term, it, it real quick, were you able to watch the Packers game while you were in St. Lucia? Serious question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, my short term does relate to that game as well because that second half wasn't great. You know, Allen, the past six quarters of football, 
throwing picks like we've seen him throw picks in his rookie year. Um, so my short term and my and my gut, honestly, over the, the past couple of games here, and it's probably the similar short term for everybody else. You know, everybody's, you know, the sky is falling, all that. But the short term here is, is, is we're in trouble. And, and, and we're in trouble, and it's hard to say that we're not in trouble with the way that this offense has been looking. Um, Allen's interceptions are insane to watch after watching this guy over the past couple of years. I understand not having a good game, and that's going to happen. He's not going to be perfect, flawless every single game of the year. But the interceptions that he has thrown over the the, the past four interceptions have been like I I you know blow my mind type interceptions where it's like what are you even seeing? I don't care if you're a rookie or not. Even if it is rookie year, I would have said the same thing. I mean, the first interception in the Jets game on on Sunday here. I don't know how you don't see the 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 DB right there. He's throwing it to the other team. It's not tight window throws. So short term here, I mean, we're, we're in trouble. It seems like Diggs is the only weapon on offense that's doing anything. Gabe Davis is becoming a super, super inconsistent player. So short term, like you're in trouble. And, that, and honestly, that's what my gut is telling me too. stepping back to the long term and stepping back and trying to observe everything here. I'm, I'm going to try to go against my gut and use my mind a little bit more and, and just say, listen, it's still week eight, week nine, middle of the season. You have to trust that the team's going to bounce back like they did last year. I'm seeing similarities where they have these midseason slumps. It's almost like where they play the Chiefs and they put all their focus into the Chiefs game. They get the W in the regular season and then the few games after it, they're sloppy. And it's happening again. And you have to realize or you have to step back and say, and, and you have to trust regardless of what your gut thinks right now. Because for me, my gut is like, I am nervous, but I, I got to trust Allen and the offense and this team to get it on track. And so you can't lose hope there. Um, I, I still think that, you know, they're going to be a deep, deep playoff run coming. You know, I don't know how it's, how you don't think that after watching this similar stuff kind of happen last year with them losing to Jacksonville, but it's, it, it, it is worrying, but I'm, I'm taking my mind over matter here and, and still trusting that this team is a serious Super Bowl contender. Now, the other thing that I, I did remember here, what I want to talk about was Allen's injury that we can get into later. Who knows how that, you know, is going to play out over the next few weeks. But I mean, tough to watch. And, and, and I am like worried right now, short term going into the next couple of weeks. I want to see how this team responds. But to be honest, like I'm, I'm trying to use my head to think about this. And, and I'm thinking this team is going to be is going to be a OK. You cannot overreact too much. And that's why we do this segment. I think, like I said, is the perfect segment for this week's episode. Um you just got to have trust that this team will figure it out and that this guy, this guy in Josh Allen will get back to his MVP level of play that he's been showing, you know, at the start of this season. So that's my spiel. We'll get more deep into it after Ethan, you know, gives his spiel, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's probably pretty similar to most Bills fans out there, but I think mm-hmm. even more so I'm really convincing myself that we're, we're still, we're still fine. We're still fine. So that's where I'm at. I 100% agree with your short-term and your long-term. Those are both exactly where my head's at. Short-term-wise, yeah, we look terrible. It's like the clock struck midnight at, at halftime of the Packers game. Everybody turned back into a pumpkin. It's like we didn't know how to play football. The offense didn't wasn't clicking. Uh, our weapons just don't look dangerous anymore. Nobody's getting open besides digs. The offensive line is starting to get bullied around a little bit. Defense, we can't stop the run again. Like what that this is turning back the clocks to 
last year when teams would just pound it down our throats. Um, it was it was a complete 180 from the first, what, six games of the season. Um, Long-term wise, I agree. I mean, if you look at what happened last year, it's pretty much lining up to the same script as last year. We lost an early game to a team we should have beat. Dolphins this year, Steelers last year. Allen bounced right back and played amazing. We beat the Chiefs in a super emotional game that came down in the last second. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, who's going to beat this Bills team? We have a bye. And remember last year coming out of the bye, I said the same thing, right? You, last year, I think I, I called that Murderer's Row. It was like those three games that were coming out of the bye. And I think we opened up with a sloppy win against the Jets. And that you could kind of say that we opened up against a sloppy win against the Packers. I know we ended up winning by 10, but that game should have been 35 to seven. You know, that should have been a blowout. Mm. We played terrible in the second half. I, I would, that was a sloppy win. Um, and then we follow that up last year with a loss to the Jaguars that nobody predicted. And we do the same thing this year. We followed up with a loss to the jets that nobody predicted what we were 10, 11, 12 point favorites going into the game. And so <clears throat> the script I'm not overreacting at this point. The one thing, though, is I am extremely concerned about Josh Allen's elbow. I have no idea what is going to happen. Because, you know, if he if if that didn't happen, I would be a-okay. He's going to be fine. We know what Josh Allen is. Every quarterback is going to have a bad game. I mean, Patrick Mahomes didn't look that great last night, right? The, the Chiefs took the, the Titans to overtime. So these quarterbacks have, they're not going to be throwing four touchdowns and 300 yards every game. Like that's just the NFL, right? Things happen. The Jets have a really good defense. Credit to them. Like we got to, you just got to call a spade a spade. That defense is very, very good. It's not good enough where the Bills offense should not be putting up less than 20 points on them. But that defense played great and their D line dominated our, they dominated us on both sides of the ball um, in the trenches. But that elbow, I will tell you right now, if Josh Allen, if this, if he misses an extended period of time, then it's time to hit the panic button because we all know what we have in Case Keenum behind him. We saw what he did in preseason, and I, we talked about this, right? We talked about this in August. If Josh Allen goes down for an extended period of time, we are royally screwed. I mean, mm-hmm. I would probably say if Josh Allen misses time, the Bills immediately become the worst team in the AFC East. Would you agree with that? Wow. Um, yeah, they're definitely bottom two. They're definitely bottom two. I mean, I would... Stacked up with all the injuries. Stacked yeah, up with all the I defensive mean, injuries. The way the defense is playing right now, they have the worst defense in the AFC East. Maybe not. The Dolphins kind of got smoked by the by the Bears. But still, I, I it's hard for me to pick another defense that they're better than right now, how that, how that defense is playing. Let me, let me ask you this, because this is where, where I was kind of given my spiel where I said, I'm going to go with my mind over my gut. And, and when I, and when I, when I kept saying my gut is, is the fact that like, cause you just went over how you're not worried about Josh Allen. He's going to bounce back, which I said, my long-term, this guy will be fine. But the reason I keep saying I'm going against my gut is because it's almost different than last year's struggles where like, do I guess my question is what I'm saying is do these interceptions give you any like 
pause no. or anything because because and, and I'm and, and again I'm you know trying to step back and, and convince myself it's not giving me any pause, but the 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 struggles aren't like oh the, the team's not moving the ball because Allen's not having any time and and you know he's not getting any help. It it's more so which you know I, I understand the O line didn't play well this past Sunday, which that D line of the Jets was really, you know, they played really well getting a lot of pressure. But it's not like Josh is running like his head cut off, which I feel like that was kind of last year. Where it's like, yo, we need to get this guy Josh some help. It's more so where if we eliminate those mistakes made completely 100% by Josh, we still probably would have won these games. And those mistakes weren't like, they weren't tough mistakes to make. Like those, inter- the past four interceptions that he's thrown are mind blowing, bad, bad quarterback play for any level. These are these are throws that he is throwing it directly to the other team where there is no Bills receiver in sight, where it's not a hard play for the defense. And again, I'm playing devil's advocate here because I do think it'll be okay because I'm trusting it. But that has to give you a different feeling than you know a, a, a different struggle of last year where it wasn't necessarily Josh when they were struggling. It was kind of everybody meshed together. And, yeah, and I would, the mistakes now are, I mean, those are Josh's fault, 100%. No, 100%, but... I think it's a nature of him forcing the football and kind of not playing within himself. That's not because, forcing the ball, though, is what I'm saying. Like, if you look at, look at these no, interceptions. It, it is. I mean, I mean, look at look at that Knox throw, right? That was just a total them being on the same page. If you watch that replay, Knox kept going. He was expecting him to stay flat, and he just didn't. He threw the football flat, and the guy was right there. Like, it, if, if, it, if Knox stayed on that same route, it's still it's still not a good throw. Okay, it's not. What, but I'm just I'm just saying I just think a lot of the, a lot of what's happening during the game is it's just mind boggling to, to me. I haven't leading, seen this in a while. It's leading to him making these horrible decisions. I agree. Like these are these are bad bad throws. And, and what's but, I mean, I'm even... just saying I'm just saying the offense didn't have a flow at any point in the game yesterday before he threw that second pick that was terrible. Well, they went they up 14-3. The... I I don't know. I think I think after you, the, the reason I'm just playing devil's advocate here is cuz you know, ultimately, we're on the same page here. I'm just kind of trying to go, get a little back and forth here. After that second interception, which also scared me, which I'm also putting my mind over matter and saying he's going to be okay. But after the second interception, and a, and a big part of it was the, the Jets' D-line bullying that O-line and him not having as much time as he usually does. But after the second interception, he he was rattled, man. Like, if you watch that game, Josh was rattled, and he was he did not look confident. Throw, like, he was pump faking. He was he was second-guessing himself. You, don't, you haven't yeah. seen that in, in years. Yeah, I, I, I think he was rattled. But my concern is I'm wondering if it got to him because there's something physically going on with him. I, but it wasn't physically until the end of the game. That didn't happen until that last play. I, I know, but I truly believe that. I'm not convinced on that. I, I think that something could have happened last game. I'm not saying it was the elbow, but th- this is what happens when you get injured, right? And you play through injury, you're mo- more likely to start getting injured, maybe in somewhere else. You know that's that's how injuries work, right? I don't know if they're going to be calling designed runs for him though. If he's like that, he he was running a lot yesterday. He he was, but he was also scrambling a lot, and a lot of those were like I don't. They didn't call a lot of design runs besides that touchdown. They called a couple. No, I I know. I'm I, again. I'm playing devil's advocate here. I'm just. And Josh is the kind of guy that's going to he's going to go to Dorsey and be like, let me run the ball like I'm, I'm turning out yards like that was our mm-hmm. best offense yesterday was Josh running the football. And so he's going to go and be like, you know, give, give me the ball. Let me put it in my hands and let me do my thing. He's not going to worry about him being injured or anything like that. I think there's my concern. I'm not concerned. Let me put it this way. I'm not concerned with him throwing these bad picks. I'm, I'm not worried about his decision making. 
His decision-making was terrible last game. I think he can bounce back from that, and he will bounce back from that. He's proven that he can. Um, I, I think he's forcing it, and he's he was doing the same thing in this period of time last year. Sure, he wasn't throwing terrible interceptions like this. Like We didn't see any picks like that last year. But if you rewatch that Jags game, he was forcing the ball so many times, holding on to it for long periods of time, right? The mm-hmm. offense just had no no flow to it. It was very similar to that Jacksonville game. Now, having said that, if the reason that he's throwing these picks is because there's something physically wrong with him, that he's playing through some sort of injury that we don't know about and something's tweaked, then I'll be concerned because that's like out of his control at this point, right? Like there's just something not right with his body where he can't, he doesn't feel confident where he can get the ball there or he doesn't feel like he can move his feet in a certain way to make a, make a throw. And I know everybody's going to say he's going to be fine. Like after he injured it, he threw it 70 yards on the money to, to Davis or whatever. That's I adrenaline am, though. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that like, that's just him being an alien and being able to put his mind over his body at that point for one play and be like, I just got to get this ball there. But I am very concerned with, with the elbow because I think, Like I said, Josh is the type of guy where he's going to do anything he can in his power to play football. And he's going to say he's fine. He's going to, he's going to want to be out there with his team. And I think he's going to be the guy to really not want to shut it down. Yeah. Um, And I think this, this could lead to something terrible if they, if, if, if they let him play and then he, you know, he's out for the year, right? This is, this is, we always talk about, this is the year, this is the year, this year. And the only thing that I feel like could stop this team is him going down. And so it's just very, very scary. I'm more worried about his health than what I saw on the field yesterday, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. The other thing concerning to me about this, this offense was, you know, how many times if you, if you give this team the ball with what a minute 30 to the half at the end of the first half with three timeouts and you tell me they're not going to get a field goal. That was concerning. I mean, you have three timeouts. They almost had two minutes to go. This was before any injury trouble or whatever it was that, you know, I know you're saying maybe it happened earlier, but you get the ball three timeouts and, and, and they they can't get in field goal range. They forced Bass to kick a 55-yard field goal. That last play where Josh, it was kind of a design run to Josh was, don't know why that happened, throw the ball, get 10 more yards. That was very annoying. The fact of the matter is, is you got to get back in the lab here if you're Dorsey, if you're McDermott, if you're yeah, I mean, Leslie I, Frazier. I Dorsey had a good game at all. I'll be honest. You just got to get back in the lab here and 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 figure it out and and write the ship. And it's annoying that you know again they can go on and and be get their peak in the in the playoffs kind of like they did last year. And this, none of this is gonna matter. It's just annoying that it seems like it's becoming a trend with this team where they get off to a hot start and then they almost I don't know if it's they lose focus or you you would think at this point that you know they've corrected it at this point, but it seems like towards this middle of the year sl- they have this middle of the year slump where, you know, it's clockwork. It's kind of like you said, you, you literally went through the schedule last year and went through it this year. And then, you know, the fans freak out and it's just annoying that they have these slumps. It's frustrating. It's, it's games that they should win. They're still oh, yeah. first in the AFC, but you know, if you get that win, you, you have that game up. It's it just, it is frustrating. I mean, we, we talked about this going into the year, right? That we weren't going to do this whole overreaction thing after a week. And I know no, you don't, saying- to, oh, you don't have to tell me I was the one last year talking you off the ledge. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. No, I, I get what you're saying, though. The, the concerning part is that it's more annoying the, than anything. Like, it's just why do we slump in the middle of the year every time? Well, but that's just the NFL. Like, I, you, you got to come to learn that like, being a good team in the NFL is it's it's tough. Like, everybody's expecting you to win on a weekly basis. And that's just unreal. Like every it's the NFL. These guys are very good. 
And yeah. there's so many bounces that could happen one way or another. Like, think about this. If Deion Dawkins doesn't get that holding penalty, which was very ticky. That was not a end, holding. That was not yeah, a holding call. We could like the Bills could have that could, that could have changed the whole complexity of that last drive. Right. And if yep. Josh Allen goes down there and scores a touchdown and we, we he throws a you know game winning touchdown and we're talking about that this we could have a very different tone right we could talk about yeah they didn't look great for half the year but it shows why or how for most of the game and they still pulled it out it shows why josh allen's you know a dog and he, we could have a totally different conversation there's in the nfl there's just so many plays that you can just pinpoint that if they go a different way it could be a whole different scenario right and yep. so that's why it's so hard to win every game on this on a weekly basis no matter how good you are the and I and I I'm not concerned about losing a game to the Jets. It's a it's a divisional game. Um, you know, it's the Jets are way better than they were last year, and they and they got a great defense. The only concerning part is I have right is we always talk about this. A week is a week. Once you start seeing it over two weeks or three weeks, then it becomes a trend, right? So if if we go next week and <laughs> and we see Josh Allen look the same exact way. Then I could understand an ar- argument that I, I can b- start be concerned about his decision making, the stuff that you brought up, right? Mm-hmm. If he goes out and balls out and he looks like he was in week two, week three, then it's not even a it's not even a talking point at this point, right? Like the Bills are yeah. back on track. The only thing that's in there is this injury, like that. That is the the number one thing because if he's not himself, it's unfair to judge him like this. He's playing he's playing with a bum elbow, then he's not what he we expect him to be. So. Yeah. No, to be clear, I, I got all that faith in him. He's got that dog. I know he does. And like I said, that was my whole long-term mind over matter here. You got to step back and, and realize, you know, exactly what you said. It's a week, week to week league. It's, it's a long, it's a long year. Um, that's also why it's like so frustrating as a fan, because it's like, you have to wait another week for, you know, to kind well, of write the ship. That's why the NFL and, is the biggest overreaction league in the, in the world, because, you know, you play 162 baseball games, you, you you're playing the next night and, the NFL, it's the most popular. It's the most talked about. People like to make these insane assumptions, talk about Super Bowl, and you have a whole week to d- digest it, and you got to fill all these this airtime with all this analysis, right? So, yeah, it's that's that's why it's hard to bet on. It's these people, you know, they get pumped with all this information throughout a weekly basis without actually watching teams play. Then it's it's such an overreaction league, and you got to stay level headed and realize, hey, there's what what are we six and two? We still got nine more games to play here. We yeah. haven't even played, you know, the majority of our divisional games. Yeah. I know we're Owen two, but we're still in the driver's seat in the AFC. Like we're in first place. And I think if you, I'll let me say this. I, I think if I told you, you told me going into this year that the bills would be six and two in first place in the AFC after eight weeks, sign up for that. Right. Yeah. After nine weeks. After nine weeks, I I think me might have been six and two in our predictions right now. Anyway, yeah. So honestly, credit to us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it's 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 the injury to me. The, the the whole game with him is a non-factor. I've seen it. We've seen it too many times with not only Josh but all all good quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, moving on to kind of like the skill position talk a little bit. Um, Naeem Hines obviously trade deadline. That's the move that the Bills made. He didn't play much on offense for the team obviously just coming over so learning the playbook he did re- return punts but uh I, I don't know thoughts on that trade excited for him i think he can be a pretty good threat out of the backfield in terms of pass yeah. catching uh it, it's a little bit i think my initial text to you when it went down was you know what are we gonna do with cook now because i actually thought cook looked pretty good in, in the game sunday 
Um, does this mean we're like moving on from Singletary next year? Like, I guess all those questions come to mind. But in terms of this year, I think I think Hines is he's a pretty good man. I think he, he's speedy. He's uh, never really yeah. played with a good QB. I feel like I don't I don't know if he was around for the Andrew Luck days or not. But um, I'm excited. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm excited to see him actually like in the offense this upcoming week and see what he can do out of the backfield. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I think we we knew going into this game we weren't going to see a lot of him on offense. It's just a quick turnaround to learn the playbook, get acclimated and whatnot. I do like having him returning punts because I think we missed that when Hyde went down. The sure-handed veteran that's going to get back there and you can kind of rely on them to not turn the ball over on the punts. So I think mm-hmm. that was an underrated acquisition. Um but yeah, I still think there's a spot for him in this offense, even with Cook still. I think that, you know, the Bills are a true running back by committee. I think we saw it yesterday. Cook still got a lot of burn. I think I still think he's going to get a lot of playing time, even when Hines has a bigger role. Singletary, to me, probably had one of his worst games of the year yesterday. He was kind I, of, Really? I don't know. Kind of I, I think he's been playing pretty well this year, though. It's It's just. I guess it's just a crowd. Obviously, the Moss trade back to them, like you knew he was kind of like out of the picture at this point. Like that was just something yeah. that we, he wasn't going to play. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is like those three running backs is, you know, I, I think it's the Bills' philosophy to not really like lock someone down long term. And who who knows how much you know Singletary's going to demand. But I, I don't. Know. I thought Singletary's been having a pretty good year. I know we're always I've been down on him, and we're always kind of talking about these running backs. And it's obviously committee, like you said. But I don't. Know. I didn't, I didn't think he was really the issue issue yesterday at all. No, I wouldn't say it was the issue. I just didn't think he was that big of a factor as he's been in the last couple of weeks. I thought he has yeah. been playing well. I just thought he took kind of a little step back yesterday. He, 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 there's a couple plays. There's this one screen pass that really sticks into my mind where he had blockers out in front of him and he just ran into the linebacker. And I'm just like, come on. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like the trade. And I, I think it's going to be a good acquisition for the offense, going to add more speed to the offense. Now, having said that, I mean, He's not the weapon that we've been talking about, right? And we're going to talk about these weapons. We want. We were talking about how Josh Allen looked yesterday, but outside of Diggs, man, there was nothing going on. I mean, yeah. Well, that's why I said at the beginning. Paid, of the, that's what I said at the beginning of the podcast. Like, like I, I love Davis, and I'm not like giving up on him by any stretch of the imagination. Like, I feel like right. a lot of people on on Twitter are kind of overreacting to that as well, but. But this is one of those things where you said, you know, once it becomes a trend, kind of like it's almost becoming a trend with Davis where, you know, he's a good player, but he, he is becoming inconsistent. Like he drops balls all of a sudden, like over the past like few weeks, not just one Way week. too many drops. Um, That last play of the game, I know like it shouldn't come down to that, but like he he didn't really, I don't know, he didn't really have much of an effort on that ball. If I'm being quite honest with you, it went right through his, his freaking hands. Um, And that wasn't, that was not DPI, by the way. Um. But like, yeah, uh, the weapons wise, like I want to see it, if we're talking weapons, I want to see Shakir get more than like six snaps in the offense here. Like McKenzie uh, he doesn't do anything anymore. Like get Shakir. He, I think he literally played 16 snaps on offense on Sunday. Like get him involved a little bit more. But like you said, like Diggs is really the only real threat now. And in, in, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting. Dave's can get back to that number two role, but he, he's he he average. He gets like two three catches a game each for like twenty yards. He's a big play player, but when he's dropping the ball, it's it's becoming a, a trend and it's it's becoming more consistent of him dropping these these passes and not really contributing as much. So I'm still on the OBJ train. I don't know where that is, but I I mean I've been I on agree. it since before the year started. I've I've literally never been off of it. Um. I don't know. I've heard rumblings of him going to the Cowboys. Maybe I have no idea where that is, but I think it's a no brainer. 
that you'd you know want to at least go for it or, or like it as a fan at this point. Like I don't know how you can't like it after seeing this past past couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean everybody knows Gabe Davis is my X factor. Yeah, you can't be a number two receiver and average. It seems like even when he has these big games, it's three or four catches. Yeah, well, that's what like I said. He, he, he gets like and, four, he's a four, three, four catch guy. Each of them for twenty yards. Right, and to be a number two, you gotta be in that six to eight catches a game range, right? Like, yeah, if you're gonna be a legit number two receiver in the NFL, you gotta be able to catch the ball at a consistent basis and get open on a consistent basis and, and not drop it when it comes game. to you. Right, he had that one drop on what third and ten that yeah. was right over the middle there. Like that, you need to have that. The one player, though, that I'm just begging for something is Dawson Knox. I mean, he got a big contract going in this year. And we talked about him dealing with the off the field stuff, but he has been super underwhelming this year. Yeah. Like almost irrelevant. I hate to say that, but outside of the, um, well, does he have one or two touchdowns this year? Outside of those couple touchdowns, I mean, he's, He's only catching the ball like two or three times times a game. And yeah, he's not getting open. It's it's very alarming that you know, I love Bean and I'm never one to really question Bean. But this contract is not looking great so far. And to, he's making like 13 yeah. million a year. Yeah. No, I agree. He needs uh he needs to produce more. But um anyway, I think we can move on from that. Let's move ahead to predictions, I guess, for next week, and then we can round out the Bills talk. Uh, Bills do play Minnesota. It is in Buffalo, correct? Correct. The it next, is in Buffalo. The next two are in Buffalo. Next two are in Buffalo. So home against Minnesota. Minnesota seven and one on the year. Um, you know they they get it done. I think they have the most one score wins in the entire league. Uh, you know maybe some people call them fraudulence, but you know as we just talked about this episode, it's hard to win the NFL when you're seven and one. It's uh, you know it's pretty good. So uh, that team's coming in. To Buffalo should be a good one. Um, I don't know. What are your initial thoughts on this? And I, I, I obviously, I mean, I don't want to try to, you know, don't want to sound like a broken record here, but I'm assuming you're probably going to, you know, mention Josh. And if he plays, like, that's obviously a huge factor. But yeah. So are we assuming he's playing or? Yeah. I mean, I, if we want to talk about that, like, real quickly, like, I think he's, I think he's playing. Like, the, the last thing I'll say on the Josh injury and, um, and like, my, like, my thoughts on it are like, like, I'm wait, like, I'm, I'm waiting until I hear from a, from a credible source and from the bills or whatever the case may be. I'm not one of these people that are speculating on Twitter. You know, you go through your Twitter timeline today, you're going to see a million different rumors and stuff, right? I I'm not playing that game. So I'm assuming he's playing until, until I'm told otherwise I'm waiting for a real report to come out about it. I'm not tiptoeing around these fake online, you know, Twitter beat writer for the bills. that think they know something. I'm waiting to hear something until then Josh is playing in my eyes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm I'm concerned because of you know what I saw on the field at the end of the game, but like until I hear something, that that's just what I'm going with. So I'm gonna assume he's playing. I'm assuming he's bouncing back, and I'm assuming we're gonna get this W. Is is my take on this game? Okay, so what's your score prediction? I'm gonna go with a score prediction. This this offense has to explode. I need to see something. Um, and if they and if they're gonna win this game with, especially with the the defensive injuries, it's not an excuse, but it's just the fact of the matter that. You know, our defense is just not as good without Milano, without um, Poyer. Who, who knows if, if White's finally ready to come back. Um, but we're going to score a lot of points. I, I'm going to say we're going to win 31. I like the 31s this year. 
I don't know if I've hit on one yet, but I'm going to go back to the 31 and I'm going to go 31 to 24. I think it might be a close game. Um, you know, one score game there, but you know, Vikings are going to score. They got a decent offense with that new head coach. And, uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm assuming Allen's playing until I'm told otherwise this guy is going to bounce back and, and I'm using my mind over matter here. He's going to, he's going to explode for 31 points. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, if I'm assuming Allen's playing as well, I mean, I'm going to pick him to win. I think he's going to bounce back. Like you said, I think, I think Milano and Poyer are going to play. I don't know why I think that, but I, I just have a hunch that um, it's going to kind of be like a rally of the troops type of game. I think McDermott, ha- he, he knows these situations, right? I think he has a sense of the fan base, sense of the city when people start sounding some alarms. And it's it's really surprising how many alarms are being sounded in this Bills fan base so so quickly that are not... not I can get the injury concern, sound the alarm, but... The, the alarms that are being sounded of that, you know, certain players aren't good anymore. Like we, you know, not trusting guys to perform is insane to me with how, how we've seen them start this year. And to think that they're not going to be able to get back to that kind of gameplay is, is very weird. Uh, but I, and, I think big and, uh, and re- just, no, sorry, just real quick. Like if we are going off that, that script of, uh, you know, relating it to last year or whatever, I mean, you look back after the Jacksonville devastating loss, what did they rattle off? Like, 20 wins in a row, right? I mean, they went on an absolute tear. No, they they got beat up by the Colts pretty bad that we were at that game. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, when did it, didn't they finish the season just winning like every game after the Tampa I think game it was maybe? after that Colts game they rattled off a bunch. Well, they then they lost to Tampa though. Which we were also at. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, f- uh, I feel like after the Tampa game maybe they they, they just went ballistic then. Yeah. I, I remember at one point like leading into the playoffs they ended like, off they found they their ended winning like four or five in a row, I think, after that Tampa game. Yeah, I think that's more so what I'm thinking of then. All right, bad comparison, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, <laughs> what was my comparison? That was completely wrong. Oh, that was, uh, I think you were trying to, you're talking about goalies in hockey, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that was bad. Or, or, or you're, uh, no, 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 you were comparing like Questenberry and, and Spencer or, uh, and, and someone on the O line, and it was just not, not the same at all. Anyway, I'm going to predict them to bounce back like they've proven they can over the last couple years. Uh, I am very concerned about the run defense again. I'll be honest with you. Delvin Cook is a beast. Um, Ooh, a little cook on cook crime this week. Well, little cook be cook. I'm praying to God Matt Milano is back. I think our defense got exposed without Matt Milano and Poyer. Who? What? What's J- Jaquan Johnson? Yeah, he didn't play well. Terrible. He stinks. So I think if we don't have poor Milano, it's going to be another long day on the ground. I mean, the Jets, the, the go-ahead possession by the Jets, We I don't want to – they ran the ball every play of that drive. They didn't throw the ball once, and they went down yeah. the field in like five minutes, starting from their own, what, two-yard line? So yeah. I'm very concerned about the run defense. Having said that, I think the Vikings defense isn't very good, and I think we could ball out on them. Um, I'm going to say we win 28, 17. All right. There it is. Um, predictions for the bills. Uh, and, uh, let's move on to some Sabres hockey talk. All right. Moving on to the Sabres here. What are we 10, 12 games in the season at this point? I think 12 games into the season. Yeah. Uh, what are we seven and five started yeah. out, uh, seven and three through the first 10. I think it was the best start in the Sabres season in 
I don't know how long, but there was some stat that I I think I heard the other the other day. Tough two losses uh, in our most recent games to Tampa and Carolina. Um, and and I mean, you know, if we're talking about defense and Buffalo sports, we're talking injuries, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, God, this team is uh, riddled on the back end. But uh, before we get into all that, I mean, I, I think we just got to talk about the start of this team. Um, and uh, I don't know the the way it's just been great, great to watch. It's 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 a it's a switch up from a lot of Buffalo Sabres teams in the past here where we're more worried. And I'm not even saying, I guess in the past, like nothing was good offense or defense, but I mean, it's, it's a high flying team. It's a high flying team with speed and it's exciting to watch. And the defense is a little shaky with our, with our injuries and just a lot of odd man rushes. were just super aggressive, like pinching on every play. It seems like, but high flying, very fun to watch. Um, and I mean, I don't know, a great, a great start up until these past couple of games, a tough one. Uh, but I, I don't know. What, do you have anything else before we kind of dive into the specifics here? Yeah, I just, I was just thinking. You know, I, I go on my honeymoon. I come back a week from yesterday, Monday, and Bills just beat the Packers. Flying home, the Sabers smoke the Red Wings eight to three, and then I go to work, and it's a complete one eighty. The Sabres get smoked back-to-back nights, 5-3. Darlene's out with possibly a concussion, and then the Bills lose to the Jets, and we got injured. It's like, what is going on here? But, I mean, the, the Sabres, I think, I don't know how you can't be happy with how they started. And I know they just lost back-to-back games with, with against the Canes and uh, Lightning. But those are those are top teams in the league, and you're you're playing with like you said a depleted back end. You don't have Darlene, you don't have um, Samuelson, who are your two best defenders. You don't have Yoki Haru, which I know, you know, you could say what you want about Yoki Haru, but he's better than Clay. He's better than um, Fitzgerald. You know, he, and you're and you're down. You're, you got Labushkin coming back, and he does not look like he's he's healthy. Like he's looks like he's playing on one leg out there. And so I don't know how you're, you're going to expect to go beat these teams when you're already not as good as them. And they have these high power offenses with the top offensive players and you're playing with an, an AHL back end. It's just, it's, it's a very tough situation. And, and the thing is the Sabres are still producing offensively, right? It's not like they've gone quiet on the offensive end. It's just they they can't defend right now, and it, and it's because they're outmatched. Yeah, um, th- I mean, watching the team, like I said, is it's been fun. Shout out to Tage Thompson. Um, after a slow start, he's really picked it up. He's got seven tucks. Victor Olsen, nine goals. The what the one thing I'll say in and watching this team is you know they're they're pretty. I, I don't know. They're I think they're deep. They're rolling out the line combos that I, I don't know if I lo- love them or hate them or wh- whatever. Granado's kind of mixing it up a lot. They, they got to step it up in the special teams. Their power play has been awful. Um, and it's been hurting them a lot. I think they had a, a ton of power plays the other night uh, against maybe I think it was the the night before the Canes or whatever. I think they ended up winning the game, but the power play has been awful. That's something that needs to step up. And the PK, I don't think has been great either. So those are two things that, 
right off the bat that they need to step up. But I mean, yeah, like you said, the offense hasn't been a problem. Um, it's been uh, it's been a good start. The the one thing I'll say that I have a couple a couple of things written down in my notes where just to kind of play the contrary devil's advocate here is that like obviously we've seen the Sabers start well before. You know, it, it does feel a lot different this year. Um, but so far, you know, through these first twelve games of the season, the only time they played a back to back game was the Canes in Tampa. So they've their games have been pretty spaced out. They've been having a lot of rest in between yeah. games, day in between. Um, and obviously they play back to back. They lose both of those. So that's tough. The other thing is they've been facing a lot of teams that have been on tail end of back to backs, playing a lot of backup goalies. Backups, yeah. Um, so those are like the two things that I've, you know, just to kind of keep us level headed and not get ahead of ourselves, is those are two things I jotted down is you know, keep that in the back of your mind as they're playing a lot of backup goalies, a lot of teams that are, you know, tired on 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 tail end of back to backs. Um but either way, I mean, it's the NHL. Like, it, it, you still have to give credit where credit's due. I was. At I mean, the it's Sh- not. It's also not their fault. They're playing backup goalies. Like, if they're no, going to no, throw no. your backup out there, then all right, bring it. Yeah, no, it's just a fact of the matter. Um, I was at the Chicago game the other night with with dad. Dad and I went the game against um, or sorry, in Buffalo, and I will say that game. First of all, that game was insane. Like, I mean, they came back three one in the third period, one in overtime. The, the crowd's low key electric. I know we're not filling the place up yet. And I know, I know I like, I love to do my attendance, you know, throughout <laughs> the throughout attendance tracker throughout the season. It's not completely full yet. Um, but I think we're kind of getting back to that, you know, Sabres hockey. I know we've been damaged by the Pegulas over the past couple of years, but that's also just the other nice thing to see throughout the season so far is it seems like this team is starting to like grow this fan base back to where it needs to be. Um, and it was a lot of fun being in that stadium. So um, it's fun to watch these kids. I mean, I, if I'm going to pick out players here and if we want, I know you like to do your arrow up, arrow down type things. Um, I think Dylan Cousins has probably been the most consistent player for the Sabres. If, you know, if I'm being honest here, like I, I really love Cousins game so far. Yeah. I mean, Darlene's been solid as well, but I'm talking like, um, yeah, other than Dolly, I mean, Cousins has been, I think, great. I think he's, he's whoever he's played with, and, and like I said, Granado has been mixing up the lines a lot, which I think I said at the beginning of the season where he likes to do that a lot to try to see what's working and what's not. Um, he's playing that center position, and I think he's forming into a second-line center. I think I've penciled him in as like a third-line center on a good yeah. Sabres team moving forward. I think he's starting to show me that he can be a second line center, no matter who's playing on his wings and he's contributing on the, on the stat sheet also two way guy. And I think he's slowly becoming probably our best face-off guy, which is another department that we absolutely suck in. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to give a shout out to cousins here. Uh, and I don't know if you had anyone else on the top of your head, but that, that's kind of one guy I want to just, you know, point out. No, yeah, I like that. I, I, I also want to say that, the league is very, very balanced right now. Like there is not a big disparity in my opinion. If you even if you look at the standings from good teams and, and, and bad teams, it doesn't seem like there's a ton of powerhouses this year. Does that except make sense? For, except for Boston, Boston like and Vegas, real. like Boston yeah. and Vegas have been dominating almost every night, but outside of those two teams, it's, it's very even. And when the Sabres yeah. were seven and three going into these last two games, they were what second in their division, but they were only like four points away from being outside of a playoff spot. So it's just very, very even across the board uh, from both conferences, especially in the yeah, East. The, I, mean, I mean, the Devils have been off to a hot start, nine and three. That's kind of a surprise, right? And it's it's teams that you wouldn't expect, right? And Columbus looks terrible. Who a lot of teams were like, oh, they're a playoff team, right? Um, 
it, to me, it's kind of wide open. And, you know, if the Sabres can kind of keep some sort of pace, they could be, you know, flirting with being in the mix towards the end. It, but we always talk about that, right? They, they always get into these hot starts. And you talked about this. It feels a little different. I'm not ready to say it's different yet. Um, I think by Thanksgiving, we'll understand what this team is and if, if we can stay in that mix or not. Because we do have a very, very tough upcoming schedule. And I know we're probably going to go through that. But for me, arrow up, arrow down. Yeah, I, I love Darlene. Obviously, it sucks that he's hurt. Um, what is your thoughts on the on the goaltending? What do you what do you what do you what do you? I know that you you're a UPL guy. Um, what have you what have you seen out of the goaltending? Have you are you surprised? Do you like it? Is it a problem? Would you like I, to see UPL up here? No, not yet. I, I think the I honestly think the goaltending has been fine. I think it's hard to. It's hard to really, uh, you know, bash the goaltending or really make a a fair take about them with, you know, I know we slightly talked about the injuries on the on the defense, but if if you know if we're being honest here, like that's probably the biggest storyline with the Sabers going right now is their defense is literally banged up. Like, like you said, Darlene now out, Samuelson and Yokihari have been out. They're playing AHL defensemen. Um, I mean, we're giving up a ton of sh- we're giving up sh- a ton of shots. We're not only just giving up shots. And this is this even happened, I think, before the Samuelson and Yoki Haru injuries. And I don't know if it's Granado's coaching style or if it's he's just like, I know he's a big on hey, you go out and do your thing. But yeah, our D are super, super aggressive, which I which I don't necessarily like not like. Like I like the high flying aspect, yeah, but, but the we decision making aspect. Yeah. We give a lot of odd man rushes up. I mean, if you go through and like watch the tape on our on these games the past 12 games to open the season, yeah. I'd love to count the odd man rushes because it seems like there's two on ones maybe every other third shift. So that's bad. Um, you know, if there wasn't a lot of timely goaltending, you know, we might be looking at a more of a 500 record here. So you, you know, I know I I was just looking at it here. I think Anderson's, um, save percentage or sorry, goals against is under three, but Comrie's is over, but you can't, you can't base it on that. Uh, because Comrie's also played more. Comrie's played more. And like I said, I mean, the, the shots are in the, the, the odd man rushes. Um, I think the goaltending has been fine. I, the other take I have on the goaltending is that I, I think Comrie's clearly the better goaltender than Anderson. Agree. And I think I Anderson think, doesn't look as good as he did last year. Yeah, and I think Anderson's been fine, and he is what he is. But he—you can tell he's slow. You can tell he's yeah. another year older. Agreed. You can tell that he's kind of out to lunch on a couple of these, you know, these goals. Where I mean, I just talked about how I was at the Chicago game, and a couple of those goals, like. I think maybe like the first, even maybe all three of the goals they scored were just scrambles in front of the net where like Anderson was just flopping all over where he didn't really have to go down in the first place and he just can't get back up. Um, he's very slow post to post. You know, with that being said, I think he's still been fine. Uh, like I said, 2.25 goals against average. That's a very good number for, you know, the amount of games he's played. But to me, yeah, Comrie's that number one. And and I'm fine the way, I'm fine with the way Grenada was doing it. I'm fine with the, you know, they're still getting a little bit more, um, or it's not necessarily like a one and a two, like, Anderson's still playing a little bit. Comrie's still like clear 1A, that number 1B. one. Yeah, uh, Comrie's still clear that number one, he's going to get the more playing time. Um, but yeah, Anderson's been a little bit slower. But to answer your question, the long form there, I mean, the you know, the goaltending has been fine to me. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Um, no, I, I agree with what you said there. I think Comrie's definitely better. But to my to my credit here, I think I kind of called the, the goaltending situation that we had all these big discussions about where he, Anderson, like I talked about, Anderson's over the hill at this point. 
So I, I think the Comrie signing looks way better than maybe what you originally thought. You know, you were worried about UPL not getting his shot. I mean, I think next year it's no question that it's UPL and Comrie to to figure as your two goalies, right? Yeah, well, I don't know. Is Comrie he is signed on a two year deal? Um, yeah, but but I still think that my uh, bold prediction, I think I call it the beginning of the year, is still alive. Where I think I think UPL still might get the like I think Anderson's still prime maybe to get injured this year, and I don't want to put that like that's you know I don't want to put that out there. I don't want no, that I agree. on him. Knock on wood. Um, but you know I don't know. He, he you can tell that over the course of the season, and I think I said this maybe after on the podcast after the first game of the season, I said because Anderson went off that game right, like he he yeah. made like forty plus saves. And I said, like, you can't rely on this type of goaltending in general, but you also can't rely on it, like, specifically with Anderson, where he's the, he's the freshest he's ever been for the first game of the season. As the as the season goes on, he's right. obviously older and he's he's you know getting more tired. Like, so I think he might kick the can, you know, towards the end of the season. I think UPL might get that shot to come up this year. Um, but no, you're right. Yeah, like the Comrie signing and uh, has been good. He's been good. He's been good. I can't you know I can't lie about that. And I like to see it. it's just that that defense has been. It's been tough, man. I mean, even like I said, even with the before the injuries, even with Samuelson and those guys playing like, again, I'm not necessarily mad about it because it's something we haven't seen in forever. The aggressive play, but it is giving up a lot of two on ones on man rushes um, seemingly every game. So that's something that needs to be tightened up. And then again, I, I know I already said it, but the power play has, has been God awful. I, I want to talk about one player in particular, and I want to get your opinion on him. And that is one Casey Middlestat, where I actually yeah. think he's been a little bit better five on five, but I don't know why this man keeps getting put out on the power play. Power play. I and, don't understand and, and, to, and to go, not to go back too far. Cause I, you know, I know we haven't recorded in a while, but I, I, I do just want to, I think we were going to record maybe this past week. And I think I was going to bring it up. I was going to say, while you're gallivanting around in St. Lucia, Donnie Grinnell is slowly losing the locker room, which, you know, he hasn't, he, he's pulled it back together a little bit, but I mean, there was this one game where I forgot who it was against. Um, I think it was against Seattle and it was a couple of weeks ago. It was that tail end of the road trip where they swept everything and then lost to Seattle. And, you know, they're, they're scrapping and clawing. They're getting outplayed by it. It was terrible. I mean, they were getting owned. I think they're, you yeah, know, I watched that one down to nothing, uh, down three, nothing at one point. And then Quinn, Quinn ends up scoring. He, he ends up scoring a pretty nice goal with a sick feed from Skinner. And it gets called back because, you know, Casey Middle sets yeah, lollygagging. Yeah. He's lollygagging. He can't get past uh, offside, and, and they, they they reverse the goal. Well, on that play, Seattle took a penalty. So after the goal was reversed and it's yeah, taken off the board, right you know, the Sabres on the power play, and Granado throws middle stat right on the ice for the power play. It was it was the most insane thing I've ever seen. It's some, uh, something Granado I would have never thought he would do in a million years. And at that point, I'm like, what what are we doing here? So, I you know, it's it's a little bit of a moot point now because it's like three weeks later. But I, I did have to bring that up. I, I was a little bit concerned for Granado there for a little bit, but you know, it seems like he's gotten his wits back about him. Um, but I don't know. What, what are your thoughts about Middleset this past you know couple of games five and five? Because I think he actually did seven up five and five. But the, the power play is insane that he keeps getting thrown out there. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know why he keeps playing power play with how many options they have. That would be amazing because he's playing that, that like wing shooting position. And, you know, I, I, the one thing you can say about middle set, he, he has a decent shot, but he doesn't have no, a one timer. A one, he does not have a one timer that's going to blow you away. He's a great stick handler. He's a great shooting off the rush, but he's just he's too cute with the puck. He makes bad decisions when he's in a position where he has the puck a lot on the power play. And he tries to get really cute with his passes. 
that lead to these bad turnovers, lead to a lot of odd man rushes, shorthanded odd man rushes, and puts us in bad situations. And I don't know why you have a guy like Jack Quinn or you have a guy like Victor Olison that aren't seeing PP1 minutes. Like, those are easy guys to slot into that slot and throw Middlestead on the second unit. Well, Middlestead's he's been on the second unit over the past couple weeks, but he, I'm saying he shouldn't even be on the second unit. He, it's been Quinn on the first unit, and it's been Olson on the second unit, and it's been Middlestead on the second unit. He shouldn't be on any unit. He, he's been on the second why, unit, but he, he shouldn't be. I don't know why we're... The, what do you think about this take by me? I don't know why we need to have four forwards on our power play. I would for PP one, I would put power and Darlene out there. Yeah. I've seen that take floating around there. I, yeah, I don't, I don't hate that. Like Darlene's so gifted offensively that he's, he's your, he's your best player. And so why don't you throw him out there and put power on the point, put Darlene on one side and put Thompson on the other. Yeah, no, I I'm, I'm for that. I think what they've been doing is pretty much, pretty much the way the Sabres play is Darlene or power is on the ice at any point during the game. So if they get a penalty, one of them's been out there for two minutes to begin with. They're pretty gassed. So they pretty much, whatever, whichever one's not out there, they just throw out there for the to, to quarterback the PP. Is what, like, if you've noticed, like, obviously, Darlene, if he's fresh, he's your, like, he's your, he's your PP1 quarterback. But if, if like he's tired or whatever, like, they don't mind throwing pow- like power out there with the first units, whoever's fresher out of those two. Yeah, I'd love for them both to be out there, and I don't hate that take at all. I just think the way it's been going so far, it's like at least one of them's literally out there on the ice, you know, at yeah. some point because that's all they have. They're the two best defensemen, and I honestly how it should be. So it's kind of been tough to have them both fresh out there. But no, yeah, I mean, listen, you put your five best players out there in the power play. That's how it should work. So they need to figure that out. I, I think they need to get middle set off the ice. I, I mean, I've always been a fan of Wolves and on the power play, and he has been playing – PP two minutes, which gets a good amount of reps as well. So it's, it's been fine. And he's been a scoring machine there. So keep him out there, but they need to, yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like they have enough talent where they should be scoring at a better clip than what they have been on the power play. It's, it's been a killer for them so far. Um, but to round things out here, uh, yeah, we got to do a little look ahead. Yeah. Well, a little look ahead before the look ahead. I thought we just round out here in terms of just talking about the Sabres by, um, going through the lines that were, you know, spotted at practice this morning because there was a decent amount of a shakeup here. So, uh, Sabres line spotted at practice. It was only forwards because I guess the defensemen were rotating in and out so much with all the injuries. You know, who even knows who's playing with who? Uh, but Middlestat, Thompson, Paterka, Skinner, Cousins, Tuck, Asplin, Krebs, Olofsson, Quinn, Gergensons, and Aposo with Hinnestrosa ro- rotating in for Aposo. So, a decent mix up here from Granado. Don't know if that's going to stick for Tuesday night against Arizona, but. A decent mix-up with uh, Thompson Skinner finally being split up, which I don't know if I, I like or, or, or don't like yet. I'll have to see it in action. Um, Wait, he, Thompson's playing with Middlestat and who? And Paterka. Okay. Uh, and then Skinner, Cousins, and Tuck. I think Cousins – I mean, I, I've obviously said I love Cousins. Him and Tuck together have been – that's another guy I want to give a shout-out to real quick. I think Tuck's been super consistent. He's he's all over the ice this year. This guy's I been love. Just, I love that line. I love, I, I love the thought of Tuck playing with Cousins. Yeah, so he's been playing with him a little bit. It's usually been Paterka with him, but now Skinner, and then Asplin, Krebs, Olsen, Quinn Gurgensons, Oposo, and Orhan Estroza. So a little bit of a mix-up there. I, I guess I don't hate it. You know, the one thing that I've noted so far with Sabres and, and seeing the line so far this year is like, it, which makes me so happy, is like we're almost like so, I don't want to say like we're so deep because 
Well, no, I'm going to say that we're all just really young, but I, I think we have a lot of these good players where you mix it up a lot. Like I'm still excited about the line combinations, no matter really who's with who, because I like a lot of the players yeah, that we're are in like, the lineup. We're we're a couple players away, in my right. opinion. Because but still- like you know what, like when you mix it up, like last year or the year before, you'd be like, oh, like you you make one move and it's like this guy's to play with that guy. Now it's like, oh god, like at this point now it's like at least there's like a lot of skill where it's like you mix it up and it's like still like oh that that could be interesting. It's like interesting. Right. Like you could be like, that's an interesting combo. Like I could see them scoring. I could see them, yeah. you know, producing. I agree. I, I think we have a lot more flexibility on our lineup. I just think there's a couple guys in there that I'm like, oh, if we had someone better here, if we had someone better there. You know, I, yeah. it's just that that third line to me that really, I, I feel like we could really get, have, it, it, it's, a, it's kind of like a drop off after, your top six. And I, I'm not saying the third line that you have on there listed. It's like, I'm not convinced on middle set. I'm not convinced on like, I'm not convinced on Olsen at this point. I know that he's scoring a lot, but he has a ton of empty. I'm going to be the one Olsen supporter. Cause he gets way too much hate online, but he just doesn't. I'm just, I, I, and it's not even like, I, I like him. That's not even, I like him that much. It's it's, I have to be a counteracting force in, in the Sabres fan no, base. I, I know he does get a lot of hate and he scores a lot, which is tough. Like it's tough. Like to, to score nine goals in 12 games. Like, yeah, give me a break. That, that's really tough to get a lot of hate like that, but he's just a type of player where it's hard to slot him into your lineup because he's so, he doesn't do enough himself, right? Where he's not great. And we talk about this a lot. He's not great on the defensive end. He doesn't produce a lot from himself. He has to play with good players. But if you put him in these great situations, he's going to finish. He's a yeah, finisher. he capitalizes. Yeah, 100%. But and that's huge. It's like you can't really carve out a top six role for a guy like this if he doesn't have that extra gear. But he's tough to play in your bottom six because he's not physical enough. Or you know what I mean? He doesn't have that. He doesn't grind it out enough. So it's he's just really hard, in my opinion, to fit in your lineups. That's why... I, I don't I'm not like you need almost like a, a stud third line center that's going to feed him the the puck, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, no, I, I mean, I agree. He, he, he's a ghost sometimes, but I mean, the way he's starting the season, like you got nine goals in 12 games. Like, I don't really care how it's getting done. You know, it's, it's yeah. that's that's one of those things you look at and it's like, well, it's, you know, that they don't ask how they ask how many. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, looking up, <laughs> looking ahead here. <laughs> yeah, looking ahead at the at the schedule. They got Arizona at home, right, and then they got Vegas at home on Thursday. Yeah, and then and Boston then at Boston. home. So, so another stretch here where now they have two days off since it's back to back, and they won't play back to back this week. That Arizona game is a must win. I mean, must win. That team is atrocious. That team also beat the Leafs earlier this year, which is hilarious. Um, they have a few wins this year, but you can't lose to the Leafs at, or you can't lose to Arizona at home. After coming off two losses, two after after coming off two days rest, you just can't. Yeah. Um. And then you got Vegas, Boston, probably the two best teams in the league, as we just said. And and obviously Vegas, another Eichel return where Eichel's been on a tear. To, you know, you hate to see it, but you got to give. You know, I'm not going to shy away from it. Eichel's been unbelievable to start this year. He's healthy, and you know, we never said that we didn't like him because he wasn't a good player. We've always said he's a good player, and we knew he was going to produce. But Vegas has been unreal this year, so. Uh, that'll be a good one. Hope the hope the barns pack for that, and then Boston on Saturday, the other best team in the league. So should be a tough week here after that uh, Arizona game. If you can get, if you can, that's a huge W. I don't know how you're gonna do it, but what what's that? Did you just freeze? No, <laughs> I said if you, I said if you can get four points there, that's a that's a huge W. Yeah, four. So you're saying four points out of those six? So yeah, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I would agree. You, you, I mean, you, you have to win the Arizona game. And then if you split between Vegas and Boston, I'd be happy. Yeah, or go to overtime twice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, anything else on, on this upcoming stretch or anything else you want to chime in here before we, before we round out? No. I mean, <laughs> big bounce back week in, in Buffalo sports here. We need it bad. Yeah, that's that's for sure. So um, that'll do it for episode 100. And what, what was it even? I don't even remember. 156, maybe. Uh, fact check on that me as you're listening. But I uh, appreciate you guys tuning in here. Go Bills, go Sabres as always. And we will talk to you next week. Peace.